People pick and choose who they love. People pick and choose who they throw shade at. That's why I do what I want. And spending all your time won't never get it back. Time is money, don't be wasting my cash. Give it back, give it back, get it back. Hey, time is money, don't be wasting my stacks. Spending all your time won't never get it back. What up, what up, and welcome to the very 13th episode of The Pick Route. We are your host. My name is Patty. Quinn, you there? I'm here. Dank is always number two. Oh. And he is lost in Narnia. Dank? Come back to us, buddy. <laughs> oh, he's completely lost. I thought he just zoned in on the game. <laughs> he's frozen. <laughs> no, he's gone. <laughs> All right, Queen, go ahead. Well, Queen, I, I am here. It, it is a fact. I am here. Moose is, is here. here. Yep. I am here. Yo, what up? It's Big Tone here. Big Tone is here. Big Tone is back. Boop, boop. Um, <laughs> I just thought Dank is just completely locked in, but no, he's frozen. No, it's actually fantastic. <laughs> he's completely frozen. It's amazing. Uh, and fitting that Dank can't talk tonight because we're talking about top moments in football. Uh, and him being a Lions fan, he he doesn't know any. Um, top moments of football with restrictions uh, is the game we're going to be playing. Um, more on that later on. Let's go ahead. Let's get right into the pregame. Big Tone, what do you got? All right, boys. So I'm figured I'd keep it a little current this year, this week. So uh, I'm thinking about Jimbo Fisher and Saban Feud. You know, what's your thoughts on it? You know, I mean, Jimbo's coming out saying that, you know, no. That Saban's a liar and he's really the best, but he's not. But then you got Saban coming out saying that he basically bought his entire top recruiting class. You know, what's your thoughts on it? Uh, they both sound like whiny bitches. <laughs> um, I think Saban is coming out worse just because how Jimbo just went at him, which is great to kind of see is that Jimbo's saying like is standing up for. First, bro. Oh, hi, Dank. You want to introduce yourself? Yeah, what the hell happened? I don't, you, you tell us. <laughs> we lost Take you, bro. Stupid shit. We're, ta- we're talking about Jimbo and Saban here. Um, yeah. But it was, you know, it was good to see it. Like, I, I just, like, I've always felt this way about Jimbo Fisher. Like, I don't think he's awesome at anything schematically. Like, there's nothing schematically that jumps out you uh, about Jimbo. I just always felt this way that in college football, Jimbo knows where the bodies are buried. And this is kind of that first like sense of that. It's like, no, I got all the dirt on you, dude. Like it, it, it didn't feel like the big one. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like he has all the information it takes to like take down Saban. And he's just reminding him of that. Yep. So while it was like this big yep. thing, I feel like it was just like a warning shot. Like a cross bow, that, that that's what it is. Yeah, you better swing and roll or else. <laughs> I mean, Jimbo was the coach of my favorite college team when we won a natty. And I don't think of him as any coach that I ever affiliate myself with. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like he's a good coach who lucked into, at the time, one of the best quarterbacks we'd seen in college. 
in in one season with Jameis. Mm -hmm. And you also ran into like one of the weakest years of the SEC where it totally cannibalized itself and Urban wasn't fully in swing at Ohio State yet. Mm -hmm. So like you kind of made out pretty good and got a natty out of it, you know, which is also going to be part of my top (laughs) part of my games tonight. But it's, I don't know. Dude, I think it's nuts because, like, it's happened to every program most part for mostly that, you know, has rise to the top, USC, Miami. And I figured it was only a matter of time before Bama gets freaking. Right. But if it's they like, find anything, who knows, but. Right. We're also in the time of the NIL where it's like, all right, who cares? Right. <laughs> right. I'll do it anyways, so what the hell does it matter? Who cares? I mean, multiple things can be true. Right. It can be true that AM bought an entire class. It can also be true that Nick Saban has done that stuff before too. Right. But it can also say. be true that Nick Saban's just working to get more money from his own boosters because he realizes that if he doesn't keep at the top of the NIL right. deals, those Bama recruiting classes will go will will start slipping. Right. I mean yeah, he can't make those comments Saban. anymore. Saban said it last year. He was bragging that he wasn't bragging. He was saying this is a problem, but he was obviously doing recruiting in it. That Bryce Young had a had a million dollars in NIL deals before he even started a game at Alabama, and he, he said they're like, "Oh, this is a problem. Our quarterback hasn't even taken a snap as a starter, and he's making a million dollars." Where it's like, "All right, you're just telling kids that you don't even have to play here to make a million dollars." Yeah, like so, like saving you, you did it too, bud. You you said know, it yourself. Man. Yep. I think I think that that's an it's an easy out for Jimbo though to say what he said in that press conference like y'all can talk about a czar this that like I know what's up you know I know behind the scenes but we're like well who what do we it? care he's got he's right. got s- six titles and seven natty appearances right. like when you say the czar yeah that's pretty much what a czar of football is right. when you do exactly that and it's the same thing that that with like the people that forget about Urban Meyer and everything that he's done for one year of the dumpster fire of the NFL. Like, nah, man, nah, man. Like, listen, Jimbo, you're a good coach and and you got a natty and that's where it ends, man. Like, like you're talking to a dude who's got five more than you. Yes. He is a czar of football. He's in that category. Right. Great. I thought you'd be more on Jimbo's side there most well i i'm like i play both sides um i don't really give a shit about this topic to be honest (laughs) but (laughs) but um yeah i mean it it just got a lot of opinions on it (laughs) yeah i mean just sounds like two dudes that got everything in the world working for them and they're pissed at each other you know yeah it's just weird to hear because you got nick saban who like you said He's, he's winning national championships left and right. It's like, dude, then go do it. Like, why you even come out and say it? You know, you don't need to. Like, you're, you've had recruiting classes of the best for years, and you came out and say how all your guys weren't even starters their freshman year, their sophomore year. You got plethora of guys. So I don't get why he says it, you know. Troll, troll, troll. All right, Dank, what do you got? So – Recently, we just started a new dynasty league, and you know, four of us are in it. And uh, 
you know, how does everybody feel about their teams? And I'll give my perspective on who I think has the best team. You're going to make uh, me take this thing up right now. Yeah, that's what I'm You I'm should know who you have. Same thing. <laughs> I haven't thought about this draft once. I mean, it took us. It took us five days. Five days to complete Six it. days. Um, I, I, you know, I think I said the same thing last week. Where if my team's bad, this is the dumbest game. I've never really played fantasy football. This is like the third team I've ever drafted. And like the other two teams that I drafted before, like one my, my dad made me do so they had enough people in the league. And I think I did one in like middle school. But this is like my first actual one. And I just went through. I'm like, this is the best football player right now. Let me take him. I don't care about anything else. Um, so, yeah, like I have Josh Allen, Derrick Henry. You know, Mike Evans, T. I got DeAndre Hopkins. I got T.J. Watt. No one cares about your fantasy team, but you know, if 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 you're not, if that's not good, this is a stupid, stupid game. <laughs> Moose, how you feel about your team? Uh, I mean, that good, huh? I mean, he's got Dak. Does like... he have Zeke? <laughs> nah, man. Yeah, I feel like if my team my team is all boom or all bust, I feel like I got I had a good couple first picks. Joe Burrow, Dalvin Cook, Tyreek Hill. Like I I'm a little wary of Tyreek Hill right now, but I mean, to me, if I'm starting a football team, even though he's the worst human on the planet, I mean, Tyreek Hill's in my top two picks if I can, you know. I, I said this, it's it's kind of give me the same vibes. Um, I had a buddy who was talking to me about his uh, fantasy basketball team, and he's like, I can't figure out why this team is bad. And he's he's <laughs> listening through. He's like, why am I so bad at this? I'm like, dude, it's because you're making a team that would play together well on the court. Like, that doesn't <laughs> matter. In the, like, and I feel right. like me and you did listen, the same thing. Like, I, Listen I can't to my two, defense. I can't have two power backs. Like. Right. Listen to my defense. If we were playing real football, I think I have the best defense in the league. I don't know. <laughs> Nick Bosa, Micah, Buda Baker, and Trayvon Diggs. With, Solid. With uh, Thibodeau and uh, Hamilton off the bench. Good. I mean, I have Miles Garrett. I have Miles Garrett, TJ hey, Watt, Micah Fitzpatrick, and Patrick Queen. Like, you snatched Garrett like up two yeah. picks before I was going to. It was fun. I think I made a trade with Kui, and I took uh, both your picks, Miles Garrett and DeAndre Hopkins. Trade you up bastard. and go get your guy. That's right. Hey, and, and that and is I, I, I went the whole thing with with. I, I said it a hundred times to myself: is I'm Sean McVay in this thing. F them picks, <laughs> dude. Seriously, because well, originally I had the number one pick, and I traded away to Patty. Mm-hmm. I only had two guys graded as first round picks. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Josh Allen. What do you think? Holmes. Uh, I was actually, I was impressed with some. You know, I don't know everybody in the league, but I was impressed with some people's movement and stuff like that, getting stuff done. Um, I knew going into it, I was like, I need at least one more sixth round pick though, so I can get Hunter Renfro. Yeah, dude. <laughs> That was like the, that was my main mission, and then I figured out that if I just keep trading back when I felt I was ready and to replace picks that I had to move around, I would do it as many times as I could until I actually lost a pick, which didn't happen. I don't think until like around eleven, 
It's funny. But, I think we all said that we could all fleece Kui until Hunter Renfro's taken. <laughs> like, just, right. As long as Hunter Renfro's on the board, you can get Kui to do anything. <laughs> I was, dude, I was ready to go. I, I'm, I'm not going to lie, though. I'm, I'm, I'm very happy with my team. I am. I'm curious, so, though, like in a league like this, though, how, how this all works out. I've never done it with individual defensive guys. I've never done a dynasty league before at all. So, right. Super I think overall, Kui has the best team, um, just from top to bottom. Uh, Patty, you got a very, very strong core. Mm-hmm. Moose, your team's solid too, but you got your guys' bench is freaking weak as shit. I think. I mean, I and, only have the best receiver in the NFL on my bench. Yeah, because he's suspended <laughs> for for six yeah. games, dude. And oh, I was starting Hopkins. Dude. Dude, I was spying Hopkins for like three rounds, and each time I go, I'll get him on the way back. I'll get him on the way back. <laughs> and then Patty takes him. Kept, like, takes keep waiting, keep waiting, keep waiting. Um, um, but my team, I took a lot of risk, um, especially at the quarterback position. You did. So we'll see how it is. But I, I kind of went young, and it should work out for me. You got to do it. It's a dynasty keeper league, so you kind of got to go. So. so. So it, it makes you it makes you think a lot though about like it makes you be an actual GM. <laughs> like, I right, like am I just messing around right now, or like am I gonna ride this wave no. for a long time? Right, you know, like you I go kept, back and I, forth. I think I said it somebody. I kept trying to force a run uh, on defensive players. <laughs> <laughs> like pop, just take a defensive player, watch everybody freak out, and like take a bunch of them after. Well, dude, but, I couldn't figure out when is the right time i i try to do research on some of this because like i don't know but like when is the right time to do it and then there was a couple times though where like guys started pulling the trigger on yeah defensive players early and i was like dude i said i was go ahead moose no i was just there was there was one time i had i was talking with quee i was talking with someone else and i was talking with our boy bias and I had like five trades on the table for my 11th pick. <laughs> and all I was trying to do was move up for Tony Pollard because I was like, dude, I think Tony Pollard is going to be a rock star in the next three years. And I was dude, just absolutely. like, I'm like, dude, I'm doing everything I can to go pick, get him. And I'm trying to like pull Quee along. And I'm like, <laughs> but I didn't want to give up my 11th pick for – just step movements. So I kept firing back messages at Quee. And then I didn't realize that the trade died. As I took Baez's uh, pick, I was like, oh, yeah, now I'm going to take Quee shit. And then I'm going to move up in the other rounds. And it was gone. I was like, damn, dude. <laughs> so it back, I was trying, I got too cute and it backfired on me. And then I lost DeAndre. What happened? Yeah, I, <clears throat> I got a text saying that he, uh, he was like, I feel like I'm in the dealership with you right now. <laughs> He's like, and I don't need the Jeep, but I wouldn't mind it. And I was I thought I had you too for a while. I, everything I everything made sense. And then when I saw it that did. trade, and I was like, this motherfucker. <laughs> I was like, damn it. Chase, you bought that Jeep like I bought this hat. <laughs> But nothing yeah, bothered nothing bothered me more than watching Christian Watson and James Cook go to the same dude. And uh both times I was like, 
all right, he's going to make it one more round, and then I'm going to take him. Boom, he goes. And I was like, all right, I got to get James Cook right now. Yeah, I'll say uh, one more round. Right off I saw it. Gone. I looked 10 picks ahead of my picks. Like, this is when I really started paying it. It was like 10. I'm like, I'm going to go pick a guy. And I made it realistic. I didn't always just pick, like, the top guy that I thought. But, like, always make it realistic. I'm like, 10 picks ahead. All right, I want him. Only once did I not get that guy. Right. That I was looking for. And it was uh, uh, Mac Jones. I was going for Mac Jones, and he got picked the pick right before me. Um, but Hey, best, best value pick in the draft. I think I got it. Round 24 took Jordan Love. Man. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. I, th- I think that dude stinks. I don't I mean, think, he's, I don't that think good. he's very good, but I think he's going to be the Packers quarterback <laughs> in a year. So then, how do you figure you got the? Oh my god! He's an, draft next year. <laughs> he's an all-star. He's an all-star, Dave. I'll make that guy good. All right, Moose. What do you got for the pregame? Uh, so I was thinking. I mean, I like doing the scheme stuff. So Ooh. a couple of things I I saw recently, and it's uh, it's a program that is dominant, right? North Dakota State. Mm-hmm. And I I have like a hot take-ish, but more just what I'm impressed with is uh, North Dakota State, to me, is the most applicable offense to what most of us have in high school football of all of the major programs. I think because... Moose, I was going to talk about gap scheme tonight, dude. <laughs> you steal my topic, but go ahead. So when when you watch North Dakota State, they they always have the capability of running their quarterback, which I think in high school football, you're it's so rare that you're gonna have a guy that can just drop back in the pocket and dish the ball out. It's just those kids just they're they're hard to come by, you know, those truly special kids that can just dish from the pocket, you know. And North Dakota State, like, realizes that, you know. They take those guys that are great athletes like Trey Lance and stuff, but they do enough around the misdirection stuff that I think all of us, if you ever watch North Dakota State, you go, damn, that is, like, innovative, but it it matches the terminology we're talking about. Like, I watched a – I watched a RPO clip, right? So they went – Tight end wing into the boundary, right? So full full run strength into the boundary. They're on the 10-yard line, and they ran. They ran power G, so read G to the field, right? And they they took the wing back, the, the tight end wing, and had the, the inline tight end base and the U, or the second tight end, come underneath on the void route yeah and i just went damn like I, it was a twitter clip uh twitter clip and i watched it and i went bro like that's stuff that we could do you know but like N- north dakota state does this stuff all the time and every time you watch them it's like you you see why they've won 11 or 12 national championships because like in a row <laughs> and and the thing is it's like they're taking, you know, I like, I don't think that they have anyone in particular. 
at the skill positions that's ever been special, but they just continuously have these outside, innovative schemes. Outside of the receiver they just had, Queez boy, Christian Watts, Watson. Watson, yep. But, like, I think – the the stuff they do with the misdirection and then the right. heavy and specifically at team A and team B talking about and team C this year with all your 12 personnel stuff. Um, like, I think that it's really unique and creative how they how they create those mismatches with the same body type of guys, not burners, not right. not guys that are going to blow your top off but they're going to consistently be creative enough while maintaining that uh, like gap scheme intensity that mm-hmm. you go like, we've got to play eight in the box or we're dead. Yeah, right. And they, they fit into what kind of like been a thesis of this show um, of the, the eye formation and gap scheme runs and including tight ends and fullbacks into sets is going to cause headaches for defenses. Now, when they've just been doing it and proving that again and again and again and again and again, but you know, you can't, it's, it's, it's genius for, for what they are. What kind of kid is North Dakota state going to get, you know, they're not going to get five receivers that are able to play. They're going to get a bunch of big, tough linemen who've been barreling hay since they were three years old. They're going right. to get a couple fullbacks, and then, you know, any any FBS running back that slips through the cracks, like another well, FCS doesn't have a shot. I mean, like look at look at the college schemes right now in major one A football, where you where you watch it and you go, you know what, that looks a lot like what we do. Mm-hmm. There's not many. There's not many. Like mm-hmm. you you take Ohio State once they went full Ryan Day. They left that stuff behind. You yes, watch Ohio did. State; yeah, they're yeah. in the pocket. They're they're mm-hmm. taking five star kids yep. and slinging it. You yep. know, even Notre Dame, Notre Dame, who for a long time I thought was really in that arena. Yep. You know, they're just more mashing people now. But right. when you watch North Dakota State, it's like you you watch what they're doing with their multiple personnels, motions, and shifts, and you go. Dude, that's stuff that we can do, right. you know, but we got to think a little more creatively, you know, yeah. like we can hit the running back on the wheel on mesh, you know, on a rail route, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's not that hard. We can take that quarterback and run a couple different variations of read power. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. I just thought, you know, like I said, most of my pregames, I just see something on Twitter. And I go, oh, that's great. <laughs> you know, like, right. and, and the it's been something that's been in my mind for a long time. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, like, look at Alabama. And because I'm going to talk oh. about them tonight in 2011, they're just mashing people, you know, because they could. But yes. even now you watch Alabama now and you're like, bro, I don't have one kid that can do half the things that they ask their kids to do, you know. Mm-hmm. And it goes, I don't know, that just remind you know, the, the way Bama has, has shifted and – I look at Bama and I go, you know, with Saban and obviously, you know, the success. And it's a little weird bringing this up with the conversation we had, but like the way Saban runs Alabama is the way any institution should run any business. And I even look at it, I think it's the way the country should be run too, 
where it's this has been good for this long. We've been doing this. We've been successful at this. But that's not the truth anymore in our new world, you know, where they were just, you know, they're going to bash you with that run of running backs they had. They're going to play great defense. And Saban realized, like, well, we're not going to just be able to keep doing that. We need to adapt. What's giving us problems? So even though he had won three or four national championships before he changed, he still saw it's like, all right, that – what what worked in 2010 doesn't apply to 2021 anymore. And if you think about it, he had started that process in 2014 with mm-hmm. Jacob Coker and – or 2015 with Jacob Coker, except he ran into Derrick Henry. And he was like, all right, well, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll <laughs> do it. Special. But, still, you know, yeah. but, then, but then it totally took off. And I think that goes to one thing with coaching. And I can I think that we can talk a little bit about that, too, is don't be afraid to fail. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't right. be afraid to push the envelope on your kids Right. where like Nick Saban's like, hey, you know what? Yeah, I know I can win 10 or 11 games every year doing what we're doing, but we're in the business of winning championships. And I know that I can't keep holding off Clemson with Trevor Lawrence coming in and all this stuff. I got to get better. I got to right. change what I'm doing. You know, and I think that that's something where as coaches, especially in high school, man, you can get you can get in such a rut of what you're doing that you are you're too afraid to fail off what you what you've been doing. Right. Yeah. And that kind of rolls right into what I was going to talk about, too. And it's (laughs) it's going to sound like the opposite, but it's 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 really the same thing that you're saying there. Um, You know, it's kind of our offense at at school A and. I think the school we all started at is school D. If we're giving big tone school, school C. I'll take school C. I the was school on that we were all school at D. was school D. Yeah. Okay. We'll go with that. <laughs> we'll go with that. Um, but we came up, you know, with, with this kind of philosophy in our office of, you know, we wanted to simplify everything for our kids. And, you know, we looked at our problem was that we were a small school. We played a lot of bigger schools and, you know, we just couldn't, because of that, we couldn't practice the way the other teams were practicing. So what we decided to do and the head coach sat me down and this is going to be my first year as offensive coordinator. He sat me down. He goes, all right, pick one inside run scheme and one outside run scheme and get, and we'll get really good at it. And that's all we're going to do. So we had a pick and gap scheme and outside zone. And I've, you know, we our, our running back ended up leading the country in yards and rushing yards per game. He went off, and we've really never looked back um, from doing that. And, you know, yes, we've had really good, really good running backs in, in this run here, you know, top guys in the state athletically. Um, but I always say it's not really about them. It's about the other 10 guys on the field because those guys will be good no matter what you do. It's right. about the 10 other guys in the field and what they can do. And it's the reason why, you know, I get <laughs> – I'll get criticized in the state where they'll go, well, all you do is give the ball to the same guy over and over and over again. And my response now back has been – it's actually much simpler. We actually run the same play too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but little do they know that you're actually doing it so many different ways. Right. And, it's like, know, and that's where I was going with it is that we're going to present it in so many different ways and – just like you're saying with North Dakota State is, you know, and I know you're the same way, Moose, with your offense and, and Big Tone the same way. 
mm-hmm. is <clears throat> in watching in watching teams in high school football, and you watch teams on TV, and it's a joke. You know these these big time. You know, look at IMG in terms of what we're talking Mormon, about yeah. here. The changing of personnel groupings. It's like I don't think anybody changes personnel groupings like we do. Like until you get up into the upper echelons of, of football. Like I'm in a different personnel grouping. Like changes by play. Yep. You know, you know, we're, we're flipping around and doing something. So, um, you know, but but going back to what I was saying is just trying to make it as simple as we can for our kids and the way and the reason why I love gap scheme and I don't believe you need really great offensive linemen to do it. I think that's a, a misconception that you need big strong offensive linemen for gap scheme because what gap scheme does is it allows I think person it makes bad offensive linemen average average offensive linemen good and good offensive linemen great. Yeah. Because of the angles that you're giving them, you we prioritize horizontal movement as opposed to vertical movement. I don't need him 50 yards down the field. I need him if he's aligned in the B gap. I need him in the A gap, and that's enough. And we'll, and we'll hit it there. And just the angle of getting to linebackers, where this linebacker now has to scrape over the top of all this mess coming at him, and um. So the same kind of deal that you're talking about with North Dakota State and, you know, just just trying to present it different every single time. Well, I, I think there's there's two points that I, I want to make to talk to that is. Number one, and this is I, I've said this before and people look at me funny, but I can tell they haven't called plays in high school is. Your running back makes your offensive line in high school more than your offensive line makes your running back. 100%. At at this level, your most talented football player needs to be your F or your or your tailback. You know, he makes that offensive line from average to good and maybe good to great. Right. You know what I'm I saying? Said, I said we had a we had a really good one in, in 19 and I remember it was preseason and we're scrimmaging I'm watching the play go, and you know our first units out there. We had a, a, a special running back. He busts two long touchdown runs, and then we get him out. We keep our first offensive line in, and then we put our second back in. He gains like three yards. He gets tackled for a loss. I'm like, how come we only block this right when he's in? And I'm like, wait, no, he's just really freaking no. good, and he's making it happen yeah. when we're still trying to figure our stuff out. He makes one ten times better, and he was awesome. <laughs> This is like one of the coolest moments like of my coaching career was uh, during the pandemic. uh, He came on and talked to my running back from school. A we did like a zoom meeting with him, And I go, when I call, so like he was on and we're watching his film and we're breaking stuff down. It was cool because I got to go. This is what I'm teaching you. Okay. What did you really do? Like, what were you really doing? And it was one of the most badass sentences I ever heard. Where the kid goes, I'm like, all right, I call our power play, which we call kick. I'm like, I call kick. What goes through your head when I call kick? And he goes, it was awesome. He goes, I look to see where the safeties are. He goes, because I know this is going to be blocked upright. We've repped it a million times. I know the guys up front know what we're doing. 
We trust the scheme. So I know it's going to be me versus the safeties. So I need, I want to know where they are. Give it to me. So I can make a miss. That's awesome. I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, I wish I could hug you right now. (laughs) That was awesome. Yeah. That gives you movement as an offensive line coach. (laughs) It was beautiful. Not yeah, not that kind of movement. (laughs) (laughs) But all right. So ready to get to the game? Yes, sir. All right, we are doing top moments in football history with restrictions. There you go, Dank. Uh, So what we're going to do is we each got five of our favorite moments uh, in football history. Um, The rule is that you can't pick moments from the same team twice. So don't worry, everybody. Don't turn your your podcast off. You're not getting five Cowboys stories from Moose. Uh, (laughs) Dank as bad. a Lions fan and Tone as a Jets fan. I don't think they have five moments to rub to rub together. Uh, nope. So we decided that we're going to do favorite <laughs> really got five one anyways. <laughs> and you weren't even alive for it. I wasn't. Uh, it's on there. <laughs> favorite five moments that you – okay, I was going to say that you watched, but I'll let no, you. Oh, no. <laughs> you can't we'll, do that, man. <laughs> all right, all right. We didn't tell you that before. All minor ones that I watched. But Big Tone, go ahead and get us started. What's your number one moment? All right, number one of all, or am I going five down to one? How are we doing that? I think we start should start at one. At one just start in case we run out of time. Yep. All right, number one, if I watched it, it it's got to be the butt fumble for the Jets. That's my number one. No, no I'm just <laughs> Oh, you know, Thanksgiving Day 2012, he runs into Brandon Moore's ass. It's great. You know, um, that I didn't watch, though, of course, as a Jets fan, you got to go with Namath, the guarantee. I mean, there's no other – as a Jet fan, we all cling to Super Bowl three, 1969. I wasn't even thought of. My father was eight years old. But all right, I want to uh, kiss you. He, hey, <laughs> he's a legend. Okay? He's a legend. So that's my number one of all time, though. Got to be Namus guarantee. You know, goes out, wins the Super Bowl. Beats Johnny be? Unitas. Okay, there you go. They beat the they Colts, be? baby. The Colts. Which Colts? The Baltimore Colts. There you go. Nice. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> hey, he's trivia champion for a reason. That's right. Yeah, right. I answered zero <laughs> questions. <laughs> hey, Moose, have you uh, practiced your math skills mopped, since the last time I saw you? the floor with you fools. We can tell I, who watches football around here. Until the end, though. Until the end. Until you mm. lost. So, mm. it's fine. Simple arithmetic. Technicality. <laughs> we'll have a rematch. Get Moose, what do you doors, got? Get your doors blown off 19 to 5. <laughs> Moose, what's your number one moment? All right. Uh, ooh, number one. Um, hmm. Well, this one's going to be my salty one. I guess I got to get this one out of the way. Is uh, Dallas Green Bay 2014. I think uh, they had thoroughly been dominating Green Bay up front. And Aaron Rodgers was, was keeping Green Bay in the game by a prayer. And it was clear as day that Dallas was the better team. And that same they should have been there. Whatever. That's not your time. You can talk about your game if you'd like, Matthew. This is, this is my time. So, um, but he's the, got the, the talking pillow. Was, right. Right. Yeah. Um, the uh, it's still to this day, and I don't care if I'm a salty Cowboys fan. Um, nothing about Des Bryant's catch was not a catch. What the catch? ball never hit the ground. 
It never hit the ground. He was in bounce. He took three football moves before the ball popped out. And then even then, the play continued into the end zone with him catching the football. At no point is that play not a catch. And it's just to me, now, if if they had gotten that play down to the two-yard line, there's still going to be a potential for Aaron Rodgers to have a minute left on the clock, which – as we can tell based off the way that some of these quarterbacks are so phenomenal, one minute is enough. But I think at that point, going ahead with a, uh, a touchdown lead, you know, that is one of those moments as a Cowboys fan, because there hasn't been many good ones, but that was one of the moments where it's like, all right, we're going to an FC championship game in Seattle in a place that we kicked the Legion of Boom's ass eight weeks prior, like mopped the floor with that, with the Legion of boom and uh, DeMarco Murray. So to me, that one still stings. And I know we have some of the 14 are green Bay fans. And I want you to know y'all can eat shit still and you don't (laughs) deserve that win. And I'm glad you lost for like the eighth time in the NFC championship game that year. Love it. Thank number one moment. So my number one moment is uh, 2018. I went to Detroit, my first Detroit game ever, and they're playing the Packers. And I'm freaking pumped up because Detroit actually played good. And I tried getting an average Aaron chant going. I was a little disappointed. It didn't catch on. But Aaron cannot play when I'm at the game. He can't do it. Neither can Mason Crosby because he missed like five field goals. They're intimidated so was, by your five foot eight ass. <laughs> yeah. Okay, five six. By the way, I'm six five. Hey, two want to know. Um, but anyways, the best part about it was Mason Crosby missed all those kicks, but Green Bay was down by ten. And I really appreciated Green Bay for kicking the field goal and then going for the onside kick with like thirty seconds left. They kicked the field goal at like second down and they covered the over too. So that was awesome. So it was a great day. Detroit won and I won the over. So great day to be dank. Quay, number one moment. So I'm going to give you guys something. Uh, yeah. Well, that might make the list. Today. We'll see. <laughs> I'm going to give you guys something real today. Um, I'm going to go with my first win as my best or top moment. And the reason why I do that is there, and I'll say this, it doesn't matter what sport, there is nothing more difficult than being an interim head coach than specifically in football. But there is nothing more difficult than that. Um, so at school E... A B C D E. Uh, typically, I'm going through. I'm like, how many schools are we at right now? So at school E, uh, there was a time. Now, I think there's a time and a place for an interim, and I'll talk about that in a second. But at school E, we consistently were in uh, section finals, which in that state, that's how you get into the tournament. You got to win that. Uh, wasn't a point system, no rankings, none of that stuff. So we were consistently in the finals competing to get into the state tournament there. 
this that season was our lowest i would say our lowest skill level that we've had uh but the highest potential that we've had in years and i say that because we had so many kids that were that had the ability to do so much but we were all we had the most loose cannons i've ever seen and our head coach at the time was struggling with a bunch of different things you know you guys <clears throat> you guys well more so patty but you guys have all been around the uh the high school game a little bit longer than i have and patty you've been a head coach so you you understand this a little bit more but if you're admin and you are not on the same page it doesn't work it doesn't matter what your vision is it doesn't matter how good you coach it doesn't matter what you know if you two are not on the same page it's never going to happen and that happened here i happen to be 22 and not mm. 30 like i am now <laughs> right so <clears throat> i had no you know no meaning to to, to really step in and, and run a program um but yeah that was uh that was an interesting few weeks <laughs> yeah and uh so i'm gonna give you just a quick background you know, we finished six and three the, the the year before, competing again for for another playoff run and everything. We won our first game and then we lost four in a row. We had no control over these kids outside of myself, which is why I understood it that I was being put in this position. And then our first game was on a well. I was told on a Wednesday, we had our first game technically on Friday against a uh top four team in the state and i said this is a terrible decision someone's gonna get hurt we haven't practiced like not a good idea and they told me you're playing so we got our doors blown off we lost 47 nothing i lost one of my best kids and a captain to a torn mcl everything that i said was going to happen basically happened and then the following week we were playing the worst team ever they went 0-4 for the season, um, but the previous two weeks they had lost both games by like a combined like six to eight points or something. Like they played really competitive. So that's and I was the like, opportunity. And I'm like, dude, I, I'm sitting there at 22, not knowing what the hell I'm doing. Had control of the kids, but it was just so there was so much turmoil and like toxic environment. It was brutal. And I was getting lied to in my, to my face and all these different scenarios. But we're sitting there, and I was like, if we lose this game, go home, bud. <laughs> like, <laughs> fold it up, start yeah, again another that. time. Uh, and we came out. We were, we were moving the ball all over the place. We couldn't finish drives, but we were moving. We were scoring and this and that. And uh, winning that game changed the whole scenario like totally stopped the bleeding we finished the season 500 on the back half um you know not that we were playing phenomenal teams but like it really did change but being in that position and knowing what i know now versus what mm. i knew when i was 22 yeah there mm. is nothing more yeah. difficult than being an interim football coach i don't care what sport yeah. but particularly in football, there's nothing more right. difficult than that. Yeah. And I, I, I mean, I think, you know, it's something that my high school coach said to me a long time ago when he knew that I was getting into the game, you know, he's like, 
and he knew a few times I was getting into a bad situation in coaching. And he just said to me, and it's the same thing for you. Every situation you, you, you take the benefits from it. If it's bad, you learn. If it's great, you learn. But those situations have made you a better coach, you know, being put and, through the fire like that. And what no one tells you is, and we've all been there, when it's your alma mater, hmm. dude, hmm. how much more it means to yeah. you. Right. And oh, how yeah. much more you're willing to go, you know, to yeah, make right. it right. And when it yeah. doesn't, how much worse you feel. Right. right? So, right. like, yeah. ultimately, that, that, I mean, that's my number one. Like, I have that yeah. ball at home. That'll never oh, go yeah. away. But um, football has this funny way of, beating you down, beating you down, beating you down. And the moment where you start thinking, man, do I really want to keep doing this? That's when something happens that reminds you yeah. of why you love it. Yep. You know, it's just, it could be something stupid, like a kid who, who hasn't made a tackle all year, makes a tackle when you're being blown out by 50. You're like, oh yeah, that was pretty cool. Good stuff, Quee. Uh, my number one moment 85 yards through the heart of the South. Let me take you back to the 2014 Sugar Bowl. <laughs> okay, the first ever college football playoffs, Ohio State versus Alabama. Oof. And it was such a great night to be Patty. 12 games. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. And I remember oh that whole, like, it. Uh, me, Moose, and Dank were living together at the time. And oh, I remember when they announced talking. they announced that matchup. I was hiding behind the couch, and Tank was like, "You're gonna be fine. You're gonna be fine." And then did and 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 Moose wasn't home. And then he got home. I got right in his face. I'm like, "They're locking me and you in the Superdome, and only one of us is coming out. No more talk." And just like the way that game went, you know, and and one. Look at the talent in that game, That the NFL talent in that game alone. It's absurd. On Alabama's side, you have Derrick Henry. You have uh, Landon um, Collins. Landon Collins, Collins. Amari Cooper, um, Jonathan Allen, like loaded. DJ Yeldon. DJ Yeldon. That class um, in general is just wild. Ohio State. Ohio State, you had Joey Bosa, Zeke Elliott, uh, Michael Thomas, um, and Michael Thomas was like the eighth best player on that team. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, he was, Devin, Devin Smith, Smith was the guy. Yep. Um, 12 gauge. 12 oh, yeah, Jess, baby. Hunting ducks. Uh, but, yeah, no, I mean, that that game was, was awesome. And it, you know, the culmination when we kind of started pulling away was uh, Zeke Elliott. When it was kind of like we – Bama jumped up. We came back in the half. Third quarter, we jumped up by like two scores. And then, like, we kept getting pinned, and they get the ball past the 20. And uh, finally, Zeke broke free uh, on an 85-yard run that really kind of started melting it away. I don't know you remember this, but I literally, we're all, we're having a good time. Great and time. we look at each other, and I go, Landon Collins is not on the field right now. Mm -hmm. And I go, that's a problem because he's the only – Dude, who can tackle Zeke Elliott? <laughs> and what happens? Trey DePriest gets bodied by Evan Spencer. Depleted, and and Zeke just goes. And I oh, go, awesome. oh, 
What a moment. What a moment. It's, it's, that's my number one Ohio State game. I've watched that game more than any other. And that was the moment they're like, holy shit, we're going to do this. And then we like knew we were going to beat Oregon. Like knew yeah. we were going to beat them. So I did. Absolutely. 100%. I did back-to-back weekends up there. Yeah, so did Tone. Yep. Tone wore back an Alabama back. shirt and then has championship game. You wore I Oregon. wore an Oregon shirt just for you. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, didn't you have like the punter's jersey or something? <laughs> J.K. Like Scott. A- J.K. Scott was the punter. He was amazing. Yeah. No, I had a Amari Cooper jersey and then a regular just Oregon shirt. I was just yeah. like, I got to go against Patty. <laughs> All right, Big Tone, right. what's your number two? All right, my number two uh, is going to go to Alabama here. Uh, I am a de facto Alabama fan, mainly because Joe Namath is the only good thing in that I've grown <laughs> up in New York. Only good thing that ever came out of the Jets. So, um, But, no, um, I just remember it was uh, – what was it? The 2018 National Championship when Hurts is in there looking like dog shit. They're down 13 nothing and a half. And then Saban's like, oh, yeah, true freshman. All right, Tua Tagovailoa, go ahead. And Tua just comes in and just starts roping everything, just completion, completion. Devontae Smith, touchdown, touchdown. It's just like all of a sudden, and then they come back in overtime and win. It was one of the best games Tua, I've watched. Tua's made a damn career off of that one damn pass. Yeah. Yes. That's yes, why he he's Mr. Down with the Sickness. <laughs> Can you imagine how Tua. we would talk about Kirby Smith right now if he was two-time – uh, yeah, Kirby Smart, two-time national championship coach with yeah. oh, with yeah. five titles, also as an assistant. Both yep. both titles over Saban. Over Saban, crazy. Would be, yeah. crazy. That was the other thing about the Sugar Bowl. I forgot to mention real quick. The coaching in that game was insane. Crazy. Head coaches were Nick Saban, Urban Meyer. Offensive coordinators were Lane Kiffin and Tom Herman. Defensive coordinators were Luke Fickle and Kirby Smart. Like this is a friendly <laughs> podcast. So if you don't, if you're not going to give Urban props, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> right, boys. What's number number two? Uh, number two for me is um, it's kind of a culmination. It was um, I started my coaching career in my high school that I played at in our state is one of the forerunners of the spread offense in the country, right? So when I got into coaching, the spread offense was everything I knew. And over the years, I watched Stanford, and I watched Stanford, and I watched more and more. And I used to love the fact that they were getting into all these heavy sets, and they were just mashing people. But they also had talent, and they also had a quarterback, Andrew Luck, that was just killing it. And – One of the games I remember that solidified it was the 2011 triple overtime Stanford over USC win. When it when I went, you know what? This is this is gangster running power out of 15 different personnel sets. Win. Hell yeah. Uh, Dank number two. So mine goes back to 2007. Uh, It was New Year's Day. And everybody in my house went to bed and I saw the Boise state, Oklahoma Fiesta uh, Bowls on. And I'm like, I I'm going to check bed. in on this. and freaking. It's on my list. So <laughs> I caught it like right at like, I think there was like five minutes left in the game. And that's when the fireworks went off. It was freaking nuts. So Oklahoma ends up coming back. They're down by eight. They score a touchdown, get the two point conversion. Then what's his name? This is a, Bukowski or who was the quarterback for Boise? Oh, yeah, Zabransky. Zabransky, Zabransky, yeah. Zabransky. He throws a pick six. <laughs> I'm like, oh, boy, they they just screwed themselves. 
then they run the hook and ladder and freaking get the touchdown send in an overtime. <laughs> and then Adrian Peterson, first play in OT, takes 25 yards to the crib. Mm-hmm. And then uh, obviously they run a freaking stretch pass to score their touchdown. And then they run the Statue of Liberty and their two point conversion. I was like, I was so happy I stayed up and watched that game. Yeah. Like it was on late, but I'm ever. like, dude, this is freaking awesome. I can't go to bed right now and freaking right. to watch and all that shit go back, down. Proposed to his girl. <laughs> he did? Yeah. Yep. He Who's that? Ian Johnson. Johnson? Yeah, yeah. Johnson, yep. Yep. Corey, your number two. Uh, my number two is uh, got to get a little gambling in, right? Uh, yeah, buddy. And one of the 14, hopefully we get him on the pod. He's, he's listening right now. I told him I was going to talk about this. Uh, we used to have some really good runs in, in bowl season. So <clears throat> one of them, though, was the 2011 Alma Bowl with RG3 uh, at Baylor. And so... They were playing Washington in the game. Uh, they were trading back and forth in the first quarter, but in the second quarter, they just like totally shit the bed, right? They're getting beat up. And then they start the third quarter. They give up a fast touchdown, like in the first minute on like a huge play. I think it was like, I don't know. It had to be like a 75, 80 yard touchdown or something right off a touchback or like some something close to that, right? So they're down. Uh, it was like 40, 42, 24. Yeah. A minute into the third quarter. And I'm like, all right, never mind. This is just mm-hmm. a waste of time. And, uh, we, we had a good day that day, but I turned it off. I'm at, I'm at my grandparents' house, like whatever, <clears throat> go to sleep. I come back. I turn, I turn on ESPN in the morning and they're like, what a great comeback from Baylor. <laughs> I'm like, you gotta be shitting me. So I look at the score. They went on <clears throat> this huge run in the second half, both teams. Uh, uh, Baylor ended up winning and putting up 67. They won 67-56 and covered the spread. I think it was like a five and a half line or something. Mm. But like, I remember I turned it off. I'm like, no fucking way, dude. See ya. Take the L. Moving yeah. on. And then you get that kind of luck in the morning. I'm like, oh, Ooh, nice day. <laughs> beautiful yeah. moments. All right, my number two. I'm gonna start speeding this up a little bit here. Um, but my number two was the Bills. Absolutely hammering the Patriots in the playoffs this year. That was, <laughs> that was awesome. awesome. My in-laws were my in-laws were there. And my fiance is a huge Patriots fan. And she like watched the game from her parents' house. She goes, I can't watch this in here. I mean, it wasn't like Bills went down and scored. Patriots went on a drive, and then uh Micah came up with that sick pick in the end zone, and then the game was over. I mean, they just rolled them. It was fantastic. But uh, tone number three. Uh, so sticking with the Patriots as a Patriot hater here, I got to go with the helmet catch. Super Bowl 42 was my Ooh. number three. Yeah, it was one of those things where I was watching just hating that Patriots win. And as a Jeff fan, like, I, you know, there's no I am. Mm-hmm. Every year it's like, we're losing twice to the Patriots. We're losing twice to the Patriots. But then watching that and being like, oh, my yeah. God, they're going to lose the Super Bowl because literally Eli escapes pressure. That probably should have been called because based on the rules of where they've been, and then he just hucks it a prayer, and Tyree just like, oh, I got it on my helmet. It was awesome. That's one of those ones that you remember where you were when you saw mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And I have another one of those coming up later on. But, Moose, what's your number three? Oregon LSU 2011. Oh, 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 yeah. For two reasons. Number one, LSU running a gauntlet of the most difficult schedule I think any team has ever run on its way to a natty. And number two. 
and the real reason <laughs> is the best uniform ever. ever put on a field. Ever. The gunmetal gray black letters with neon highlights was the best look Oregon has ever done. Incredible. Incredible. Dan, question number three. Uh, 2014, uh, the team had a parlay, and uh, we had Brady, Rogers, and Manning. Yeah, and a buddy. <laughs> going into the fourth, like late into the fourth quarter, and each game is losing, and we're like, everybody's freaking out. I'm like, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> and then freaking before you know it, Brady scored a touchdown, Rogers scored a touchdown, and Manning scored a touchdown. But the Broncos needed more points, and I think they got, like, a pick six to yes. seal the free kick. Akeem Tlaib. <laughs> Akeem Tlaib, that's right. <laughs> got a pick six against the Jets to cover. Pretty much number three. Uh, number three, I had uh, the kick six, man. Yeah. Another one you remember where you were. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude, 13 Iron Bowl. I remember I was just getting ready to go out to the oh, bar yeah. or something, and uh, I'm standing there watching. I was just getting ready to turn off. I was like, let me just watch this last play. My buddy's texting me who I'm meeting up with. He's like, dude, are you watching this shit? As he's taking off down the sideline. Most incredible play I've ever seen in a college football game by far. Awesome. Yeah, I I almost put that one up because that was supposed to send Ohio State to the national championship game, but then they lost to Michigan State in the Big Ten championship and weren't able to go. Um, but uh, that one and the, uh, the Michigan drop punt against Michigan State. Ooh. Where they just dropped the punt snap, which is which is nuts. But my number three, that was hilarious. My number three is uh, one of my personal coaching ones. Uh, we were all at the same school, which we just officially put as school D. Uh, and this one school would beat the brakes off us because they were a much bigger school than we were. They beat the brakes off us every year. Um, and it just so happened that at my new school, uh, we played them. And uh, it was a back and forth game. Um, you know, throughout when they were ranked eighth in the state, uh, we were just kind of coming up and, um, we, they score to take the lead. Never forget. Remember, look at the clock It's four forty left. I'm like, all right, plenty of time. We still got three timeouts. And then the trainer grabs me and goes, your quarterback's out. I'm like, it's just one of those moments where you're just like, okay. Like, I can't think about it. Like we just got to go. Uh, so we put our backup in, we had a really good running back. We're running the ball. Uh, we run the ball well and eventually gets to the point where he, he, his helmet pops off. I'm like, okay, so now we're down our quarterback and our best, our best player at our running back. Who's the next best, the player? best player in the state. So, by the way. Yeah. So yeah. now it's just like, you just, it's just these moments where you're like, all right, who's now the best player on the field. So yeah. you take a shot and we end up getting to third and 10 and I, I call the, call the straight drop back pass for our, for our, uh, Second quarterback, he ends up getting sacked. So now it's fourth and 18. We called one of our timeouts with three minutes left. Um, and I remember just looking down at my call sheet and one play popped up. I'm like, oh, hey, let's try it. So what we did was we faked the ball to our running back, who was our best player. Uh, and the quarterback rolled away from him. And the F just ran a, a wheel off the other end. And uh, he ends up scoring for a game-winning touchdown. Next play, we get a pick six that that sealed it. it it's one of my favorite moments in, in, in my football watching <laughs> career. It was my brother's birthday, so my entire family was there. And we went out afterwards. It was a 4 o'clock game, so we had plenty of time. 
that was a moment I'll, I'll, I'll never forget. School B beat the team that will not be named yes, in yes, the playoffs yes, in an yes, underdog yes, win team that will not be for named. the first the for the first win in School B's playoff history so two years ago. Great, yeah, we all have taken our yeah, frustrations yeah. out from from those. Times. Thanks to that team. Yeah. All right, gotta go quick. Tone number four. All right, I'll go real quick, but I'm sure this is go on four and five. Go four and five. All right, four and five. Four for me was uh, on everyone's list here. It's Vince Young, Texas against USC. I mean, that's one of those, like you said, moments where everyone knows where they were watching the game, just going back and forth. And Vince Young just absolutely, God rest his soul, tearing tearing people up on the field there. Uh, and then five for me was the Boise State with Dank. But I got another who'd one I'll just, throw in. Who'd you just say? Uh, the Boise State game. Uh, that was my five. That's what I said. No, 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 hold up. Who'd you say God rest his soul for? Vince Young. Vince Young's alive, buddy. Why? Yeah, bro. No way. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> oh, shoot. My bad. My bad. Totally He's still I mean, I you can say. still. Whoa, that's hey, my you, just, you just blessed him. He's going to live a long time now. That's, that's what I was doing. That's what I was doing. Oh, no, who, that was amazing. Who's the quarterback that died then recently? Oh, my God. McNair. Oh, it's yes. McNair. My McNair bad. Steve McNair <laughs> died like 12 <laughs> years ago, dude. My bad. No, it was like six years ago. I was going what? fast, man. Oh, an all-time moment. <laughs> I'm glad I can add that to it. All right, go, go ahead, Moose. And, and five. Uh, uh, you, you don't five get a fifth. You don't I'll get a fifth. I, I killed someone by accident. I don't get a fifth. <laughs> <laughs> I'll oh, go great. Florida State Natty. Yeah. Um, number four. And I'll go kind of the same team, but I don't care. L- uh, Alabama LSU yeah. regular nope. Does it count? season. Does it game. count? Does it the count? Six game? You were gone for the first ten minutes, thank we changed the rules. <laughs> Alabama yeah. LSU nine to six, just absolute savagery like I've never seen in football. Awesome. Thank four and five. Uh, four was uh, the 2014 Ohio State run. Uh, I knew as soon as they – I said if they beat Wisconsin, oh, like bad, they're going to win the national championship yeah. as long as they get in, which I think the committee did a great job first-year college football playoffs. Agreed. I was pumped for Ohio State. Uh, Thanks, the fifth buddy. one, The fifth one is um, when Alabama played Notre Dame for the national championship. Oh. I was so happy Alabama destroyed Notre Dame. Because I can't stand them. Query four and five. Uh, number four, I had the Atlanta New England Super Bowl at Saratoga Raceway, watching this whole thing. And the only reason why I put this down, and it can get confirmed by one of the fourteen, called them at halftime, and I said New England is not playing that bad outside of those two turnovers. Boom! They come back, they win the football game. Go ahead and rewatch that game, and you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. And then number uh, number five was uh, a recent game in 2017. The Raiders beat the Chiefs. I have to have a Raiders game, right? They beat the Chiefs, but they had four untimed downs at the end of the game. Both teams won the game twice. It was out of control. Wow. The game ended at like 1 o'clock in the morning. Uh, Crabtree ended up winning. Dude, they rolled opposite. They rolled left and threw a whip to the left yeah. <clears throat> with a right-handed quarterback to win the game. It was nasty. Um, but unbelievable nice. games. Nice. All right, my four. Appalachian State has just beaten the Michigan Wolverines. That's another one. You remember where you were when that one happened, and the fact that it was them ranked fifth in the country. 
fun fact first game ever on big 10 network history it was their their big thing um yeah appalachian state beating michigan as an fcs school beating the fifth ranked team in the country and the fact that it was them was just awesome and then number five uh the team had an over uh in an arizona state ucla like thursday night oh my god yes we're all over we're all over moose's girlfriend at the time's house which is now his house um we're all watching it i don't even know why we were there to be honest but we're all watching the game there and it's just points galore i think moose said it's like no i said it gang says it kills you know what kills the freaking over is it is a turnover in the red zone in the red zone and just when he says it there's an interception and we all start yelling at dank we're throwing stuff at him and then the guy breaks two tackles and hits the sideline and they like it like they needed like two points in the second half and they got it like i think the opening kickoff was returned Whatever, we were able to hit it. So that was a fun night for the team. I got two things left to say. Go um, ahead. Des Bryant didn't catch it, and <laughs> go Warriors. Let's go, Dubs. Let's finish this thing out. Uh, way Remember, to contribute, it's, thanks. It's Sunday night. <laughs> so if this has gone bad, don't tell us. Uh, all right, bring it up, take a knee. Thank you for listening. Thank you to our good friend Savino for the use of our theme song, Time Is Money. You can find him on Instagram at Savino underscore music. Look up Savino. That is S-A-V-I-N-O. Thank you to Sarah Wyant for the creation of our logo. Thank you to our producer, Brian Miller. You can follow us on social media at The Pick Route across all channels. That's Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at The Pick Route. You can email us game ideas at pickroute at gmail.com. New episodes every Tuesday. Find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. And until next week, remember, it could be worse. You could be playing for us. Don't be wasting my cash. Get it back. Give it back. Get it back. Hey, time is money. Don't be wasting my stacks. Spending all your time won't never get it back. People pick and choose who they love. People pick and choose who they throw shit at. That's why I do what I want. Spending all your time won't never get it back. Time is money. Don't be wasting my cash. Give it back. Give it back. Give it back. Like a rack, fuck your feelings, show me facts If we ain't talking